0: And at 22, we started trying to get pregnant. And because that was one thing that I'm like, I am here to be a mother. Like I felt that in my bones. But at 25, we had been trying for three years and no success, nothing, like not even a blip. And so I was really struggling. And at that point, I had done enough exploring within the spiritual world that I felt certain that Multiple lifetimes, past lives were a thing. And so I'm like, okay, am I just supposed to feel this way and want to be a mother and want to care for people, but not have children of my own? Or is this something that I still need to pursue? And so I couldn't find those answers myself. So I did the most logical thing I could think of. And I went and sat down with a psychic and I just Googled medium near me on, on Google. And Went with the person that I felt drawn to. Her name was Pam, and so I sat down with her and I put my questions to her of like, "Am I supposed to be a mom, or am I supposed to just carry on and do my own thing with my husband and just be content in my life without uh, human children?" And she's like, "Oh no, 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 honey, no. You're you're going to be a mom. Two. There's two. Maybe one for sure." And I'm like, "Okay." what, what's going on? You know, can you enlighten me as to what's going on? Like, when can I kind of expect this to kind of happen? She's like, well, you need to be on the right path. You need to have the right tools. You need to be the right kind of person in order to raise this child coming to you. And I'm like, okay, well, can you point me in a direction to like, help me move in that path to become that person? And she's like, you know, what kind of person am I supposed to be or whatever? And she's like, oh, honey, you're crazy like me. Hmm. And I said, bullshit. (laughs) And she called me out and she's like, you see shadows out of the corner of your eye. And I'm like, yeah. And then you like, you see a person over here and then you turn and that person's gone. I'm like, yeah, everybody does that. And she's like, no. And she's like, you can look at a person who... Like, you can look at a picture of a person and know if that person is alive or dead. Like, you can look at missing persons posters and know, like, if that person's going to be found or if that person is deceased and their, their remains are going to be found. I mean, like, a, a lot of people can do that. And she's like, and you know stuff's going to happen before it happens. I'm like, this is stuff that people do, isn't it? And she's like, no, no, it's not.
1: Welcome to the Deeper Awareness Podcast, where we delve into the depths of our inner selves, uncovering authenticity and transformation. Join us for enlightening conversations on breathwork, self-discovery, and the profound journey within. I'm your host, Josh Perry, joined by the delightful Hannah Oxley. Let's begin.
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deeper Awareness Podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm so excited that you're here today. Um, so, as a breathwork facilitator, I am always looking for new ways to network, and I'm often find myself at like metaphysical fairs and that type of realm of, of people. And I have been so lucky to meet along my my venture um, a few different mediums, um, psychics, if you will, and. I love meeting these people because, well, we all have, I, I believe that we all have these gifts, but um, there are certain people that are just way more tapped in um, to being able to talk to spirits, the spirit world. And so, yeah, I know a few personally in my life and I'm so happy to have them. So if you do not have a friend who's a medium, don't worry, we have fun for you. Um our guest today is Esther. She is a very talented and gifted medium. Um and she also takes her knowledge of human design and mixes it into all of her all of her other intuitive gifts. So she is such a delight. I'm so excited for you to meet your new medium best friend. Please welcome Esther.
0: Um so the question posed to me was when we are younger do we cut off our connection to our spirit guides, to our team, to our, um, I have a couple of people who call it their panel, their spirit panel. Um, and so I, I had to sit on this question. I had to think about it and like really fill it out and looking at my own experience, what happened to me and what I, I vividly remember having, being a teenager and having blinders on that. I was only able to see what was directly in front of me like i couldn't have the empathy and the connection with spirit that i have now because i needed to recreate traumatic moments or not traumatic moments but to create recreate karmatic moments from my soul's history or from their soul's history of whoever it was that i was interacting with and but i grew up when i was really really young i remember talking to people who weren't there and having that connection with them when I was really little. And then usually around the time that we hit our teen years, that's when we really get into recreating those karmic moments. And so our, we don't lose that connection to our guides. I think they're always there. I think they're we still have those moments where we have those intuitive hits that it is our spirit team coming in and communicating like, hey, this is... Um, uh, this is the direction that we need to go in, or this is what you need to do, or this is what you need to know about the situation. But we don't think of it because we're conditioned by churches and religions and societies and things like that. We don't think of it. We think of it as our own gut, as our own like whatever. We don't think of it as something outside of ourselves. And we have those blinders put on usually when we hit puberty, um, that's when I really like shut down. Um, and when most uh, intuitives and mediums and, and and the like, they shut down is at puberty age to help us focus on recreating those, those karmatic moments, those healing moments so that we can then spend the rest of our lives healing them and undoing that, that work. Does that make sense, Josh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we get to a certain point, usually around our Saturn return where we're like, okay, it's time to wake up and it's time to come back to this. And it's time to redevelop this connection between the physical and spirit.
2: Well, that was, that's my two cents on it. I've been, I go, I have these um, phases of listening to Ram Das like religiously. And so what that's just reminded me of is he always talks about having to become, we had to become a somebody. And then after we yeah. become somebody, we're trying so hard to become a nobody because in that nothing space, in that nobody space, we're all one and we can see mm-hmm. more of what it is that spiritually we're looking for. We're looking for yeah. those so and when we hit puberty, we're trying to be that somebody that fits into society, and exactly. in that in that space, we put those blinders on because, like, the person I'm trying to be can't be talking to people that don't. No. no,
0: no, yeah. not that, yeah anyway should we should we start the the show for real <laughs> get back on get back on track it's
1: like 100.
0: i do i do have adhd so the squirrel like drives the show a lot
2: this is the show for real though this is what we we just okay. whatever comes through is it's meant okay. to be. And Perfect. i was so i was telling josh right before you hopped on um i have I technically have a new nephew I'm it's my boyfriend's oh, fancy, but my congrats. boyfriend and I live together and stuff so I'm like he's my nephew yeah. um and so but I haven't been around a baby in so long and so it was just like looking at him yesterday it was just like like he just chose his parents he's here he's chose this little life and it's- he's probably so much wa- more wise than all of us in the room combined but also knows nothing like yeah so it was just a nice reflection of it is like what life, how we just choose. To, I that's how I believe. I believe we chose to have come to experience all of this emotion and all the resistance that comes along with being a human. And he just
0: chose this little body. Yeah. So, yeah, just. I know, how old is he now? How many weeks? Just a couple days. Just a couple oh, just days. A, oh, man, brand, brand's making new, brand new baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they are, they're so, so much blank slates at that point is it's insane I have an 8 year old and it has been I yeah I have just watching her just experiencing her getting to relive what I experienced but in her way has just been just yeah and then and it is so different I don't know if you plan on, on doing the human child thing um, but it is very different watching your nieces and nephews because they're like a step away and you don't see the day to day. Like you don't see the gradually, like when you see them, it's like this big jump and you're like, oh my gosh, you're so much more of a human. Like all of a sudden, like it's, it's astonishing. I've, my niece is 16. She just turned 16 and I'm like, no, like, how did that happen? And, but watching your, your kid grow and discover and, it's, it's amazing. It's so fascinating and really beautiful.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I look forward to that. I do want to have children right now. I do like to watch my dog, like through the eyes of my dog, like the things like a new place. She's like, wow, like new smells. And so I, I get it to this little nth degree of like watching the joy out of someone else that you care about so much, but I just, even just watching my hopefully soon to be Mm sister-in-law Just with her baby yesterday. It's like, you know, it's it's just cute. that magical connection that you've suddenly just become this life giver. It's
0: yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so I did write down some notes of things. Um, I, I looked over the questions that you guys sent in the email. Um, do you guys want me to just
1: start? will we'll, um do you want to introduce Hannah or? Hannah do you want to start the show and then I'll just sure. edit that piece in I can move yeah, things around so, yeah. or I can do it I'm either way Hannah how do you want to go
2: well I can start by welcoming Esther Ask Esther welcome to our show today Oh, I know having- oh, I'm so happy um, we've just chatted a little bit and so I'm already so excited to have her here with us um all I know about you is that Josh met you at a what would you call like a like a store that has all of the things that all I the met. things.
0: <laughs> um we call it a metaphysical or pagan witchy shop. Um, but I think metaphysical kind of covers it. Um it's called the Conjuring Tree, it's in West Jordan, Utah. Um, I work there as well as do, uh, readings out of there. I'm a psychic medium. Um, and it's just, it is, it is a magical space to be in. And if you're looking for stuff, you'll probably find it there.
2: <laughs> I love that. We have a few of those stores near us. Um, so one thing that pops into my head right away is when I, when I think conjuring, I think of the horror movie, cause I'm like a horror yeah. movie fanatic. So can you yeah. tell the listeners the definition and me? What conjuring? Um,
0: so the conjuring tree, historically, like if you go back in pagan days, it was usually a special tree or a special grove of trees where um, pagan communities used to gather around to worship and to conjure spirits, to bring forth their ancestors, to conjure their magic, to um, pay homage and and all that. So it's not really like conjuring the devil. It is conjuring spirit. It is conjuring your ancestors. Um, you know, when you say a word so many times, it starts to lose meaning mm-hmm. is, see that. Um, so I was not a part of, of the owner's decision to create the name. So having chair or Andy on, um, to explain that part of it would probably be a lot easier, but, Their goal within the store is to support as many paths as they possibly can. And they understand and know that each individual as a pagan, as a witch, as a intuitive, as spiritual being is here to walk an individual path and they are there to support it no matter what that person's path is.
2: And Josh, have you felt that way since you've visited a few times clearly?
1: Yeah, I was. Yeah. Uh, Esther, you probably don't even know this side of my story. So I was looking for cards, tarot cards. And so I Googled tarot cards near me and it was like 12 minutes from where I was staying. And so I drove over there and it's like a strip mall kind of setting. And I pull into the parking lot and I'm scared to go in and see, I haven't told you this. I was like, Mm -hmm. I, I'm afraid to go in. I don't know what to say. It, It felt so new to me. And there was like all of these ideas of what if someone sees me going in there and what will I say to the person working in there? And so I, I actually compare it to like a teenager and like making out it felt like this newness. And I was like, it it was like, I want to, but I'm scared to go in there. Mm -hmm. And so, and then when I went in there and I met you and you were just so inviting and so gentle, honestly, was the word that it was just like, you're like, oh, well, let me show you this. And it's right over here. And what, what are you, what are you looking for? And I was just like, um, I don't know. And you're like, So that was my experience with you. It was just this, this gentleness, this very inviting energy. And so I, I felt like even then I wanted you on the podcast, but I, I didn't ask you. Mm -hmm. And so when, when I came back, you know, two months later, it, it, uh, that was the reason I was like, I. I was wanting to get more cards and I didn't leave the shop, you know, last week when I was there, it, it was just a, I, I got to chat with you more and I was, it, it felt really aligned to invite you on. So um, with all of that, we'd love to hear, so we we want to hear your story, your life story and whatever Easy. makes yeah, juicy. So if you just want to so you you mentioned you're a psychic medium. Yes. And you also do human design reading. Okay. Yeah. So she I showed her my is it called a graph?
0: Mm-hmm. It's a body graph. Yes. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. So anyway, um, we just want to hear a little bit about who you are now, and then we'll we'll rewind. Okay. And, and hear back. the story.
0: Yeah. So um, now my practice is um, mainly human design readings for people or mediumship readings, which for those of you who don't know what mediumship is, it is connecting you with your loved ones. Um, I use the term psychic because that is what most people understand. Like that's the word that most people know that, oh, this person has abilities to to connect with spirit or to see beyond what average people see. Um But I'm not really a psychic. Like I do get psychic information, but that's not really who I am and what I do. I use that word because people understand it. They relate to it. Um, I am a medium and I prefer that term, that word, because I am in the middle. I am an interpreter between the physical world and the spiritual world. Um, You will meet certain healers who, um, or or spiritualists or, or practitioners who will only communicate and connect to spiritual beings who are Um, love and light or positive energy or high vibrational energy and to me spirit is spirit it is it's just a vibration um their power control influence whatever what have you it is your say your call so I am comfortable talking with any form of spirit that happens to come by and sometimes I need to go into somebody's house and tell some nasty little critter to get out and leave this family alone and I am happy and comfortable to do that. But most of my my readings, most of what I do uh, is connecting people to their loved ones who have crossed over. Um, human design came to me um, just about four, almost five years ago. And it has been self-discovery and helping other people discover self- themselves. And I that's my absolute favorite thing to do is to watch people be like, oh, this is who I am. This is who I've always felt that I am. Oh, this I get permission to be who I am, because this is the way that my energy is designed and built and meant to operate. Oh, I get to be me. Um, and I love human design for that reason. I do also use tarot and or oracle cards in my readings. Um, if you uh, book a, a session with me, it will probably be a little bit of talking to dead people, a little bit of tarot cards and a little bit of human design all wrapped up in one, um, because there's those are all the little pieces of the puzzle that... People need to hear from me. So,
2: and I bet they like they complement each other so well. They do,
0: they do. Um, somebody will be struggling with, well, how do I handle this or how do I do this, and the answer is in their body graph in the Human Design body graph. And then other times they're like, you know, how is this relationship going to affect? And it's it's there on the tarot card, or their grandmother's being like, honey, you gotta let this guy go. He is trash. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> And I, I have yet to meet a dead person, whether they're cross well, most of, like every single dead person that has crossed over that is um, connecting from the other side from heaven or whatever you want to call it. Um, I call it being one with the universe. Every single one of them is joyful and happy and just. Playful and fun to be around. Um, it's usually the ones that are that are earthbound, that are, are stuck in in the physical dimension, that they're still experiencing those um, emotions like anger and sadness and frustration. But they're still fun too. Like they they have a levity to them that the living just don't have most of the time. And so it's really fun when like someone's mom or grandparents or you know cousin or somebody like that comes in and and gives their two cents to. The person's issues and what's going on. So our family on the other side are way more meddling than we think they are. <laughs>
2: so, That's <yeah>. comforting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, telling, I was telling Josh, like I lost my grandmother a couple of years ago and, but she was suffering from dementia for a while. And so mm-hmm. it was just this, like, you know, you hear it, that it's a relief when people are suffering finally pass on but all of a sudden it's like i knew that she had passed that morning because all of a sudden she was just here and like in her full essence and her full joy and whatever all of her all of her yeah so it's it's such a nice feeling to be comforted by that
0: was it her heart that finally gave out
2: um that's a good question i
0: believe so Okay. They just, so I have, um, so I'm a physical medium. I didn't say that before. So I get to physically experience it. Just as you were talking about your grandmother, my heart started to be wonky. And that's usually mm-hmm. an indication that they passed from something of the heart. Yeah. Um,
2: it so. was, it was a slow, you know, she yeah. kind of we, we,
0: Mencha, we, we, Alzheimer's. They're all really slow. Yeah. Not fun ones.
2: So I think it was her heart that finally just stopped because so much, but yeah. It was still a very beautiful, beautiful experience too.
0: She's a really bold lady. I have Um, two grandmas. There's one. One of them's very bold. And um, which one was the one that was like, "I need my nails done. I need my hair done. I need my makeup done. I need to like look nice. I need to dress nice." Who was that? Which grandma? My
2: my dad's mom. She actually gave me this painting. Oh, I love
0: that. Um, Yeah. So I was wearing a different shirt. 10 minutes ago or like 10 minutes before and I'm like I can't wear this this is this is not this is not classy enough this isn't like no you're you're making an impression with people you need to like and so I like change through like three or four different shirts before she was like and I could feel it was somebody else and then she's finally okay that one that one works that one that's, she was that
2: probably was- trying to do that because I'm just wearing like an old t-shirt like she's probably trying to yeah. tell me to do yeah, that so- yeah
0: no I was wearing I was wearing a t-shirt from one of my um I'm a true crime podcast listener and one of my favorites is morbid and their like tagline is fresh airs for dead people and I just I love it it's funny and I was wearing that and she's like "Mm -mm, no that's not professional
2: (laughs) oh I I, one time I had my nails done like I had very long nails and they were like like actually like this blue like a nice light blue Mm. and she's like oh you got your nails done I was like yeah you like them she goes if you like that color <laughs> just like walls are not <laughs> <really easy."
0: laughs> oh yeah see like this like they bring so my my business page my last name is graves which like if you're a medium and your last name is graves you got you got to use that right um and so my business page is light upon the graves because I wanted to show people that there is there's lightness there's fun there's joy there's all of this beyond the grave um because like this is what they do like they they want us to remember those beautiful fun moments and in, in life and and laugh and be joyful and I lo- and like look nice, yeah, she was not happy with my hair was she a long hair like did she always have longer hair
2: is she it was short, but one of the last things she said to me was because I said I was trying to joke with her and I said, I've never seen a gray hair on your head she goes, and you never will <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the last things she said to me
0: I love it oh <laughs> my goodness yeah because so she's funny. like yeah your hair like it's no <laughs>
2: funny. yeah I so my other grandmother who she's the one that recently passed she every I've gone to a, a medium like a group medium workshop mm-hmm. I guess, and I'm always eager for her to come through but she was the, like the most polite person ever. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm like, she's just like, go ahead. Like all the people like He's in front of me. So she's, she's there, but she's not like trying to get heard is the way yeah. I'm kind of seeing it.
0: Yeah. So in a reading, um, sometimes I'll, I'll lead upfront with it. And sometimes, like sometimes somebody needs to know this is how it works. And other times it like eventually comes in later on. Um, but I will, I will often tell people in a reading You will hear what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. You will hear from who you need to hear from, not from who you want to hear from. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they are the same, but most of the time, like what you need trumps and surpasses what you want. Your grandma that had dementia, what was her first name? Arlene. Arlene. So you said her name, and I see butterflies. I just see butterflies flying like mm-hmm. all over the place, and it's not like one butterfly or two butterflies, like it's a lot of butterflies. Have you had a moment where there were just like butterflies all over the place since her passing?
2: Um, not that I can remember. I mean, I'm a, I'm a very like I stop and smell the roses. I'm I notice yeah. a lot of things, so I've seen a lot of butterflies since then, but not like a particular moment that jumps. Okay, in. I do but have sometimes. A picture- I have a picture of her on my desktop that I like will click open from time to time. And she, I guess she, would she call it like her butterfly garden? She had like a garden that just had a bunch of flowers in it, like a lot of wildflowers and stuff. So. Yeah. So sometimes
0: the imagery that they show is specific and I usually go after the specific first. And then if it's not specific, I go to the symbolistic. Um, and the word that also comes to mind is delicate that she was just a very delicate. And you, this is the grandma that you said was like, go first. It's okay. You can Mm -hmm. like, that's yeah. Um, but she was stubborn at the same time. And I feel like you get your stubbornness from her. Like she picked her moment to be like, to put her heels in. Most of the time she was go with the flow. Um, do you have digestive issues or did she have digestive issues?
2: Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, My other, the, the sassy grandmother had digestive issues and I have a, that's part of it. They're showing me
0: the things that you get from them. Mm -hmm. Um, and they didn't really have answers for what was going on with the other, with your other grandmother of what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, are you gluten-free? Like, do you try Uh, to be gluten-free every once in a while, but not really I, it's not like a food. celiac something, but it's something It's something like that. It is the things that you're eating that you're just sensitive to. Have you done a food sensitivity mm-hmm. test?
2: Mm-hmm. I've done a few, yeah.
0: Okay. Have you cut out the foods that were more triggering?
2: Yeah, I've not eaten any sugar.
0: No oh, okay. Sugar. Okay. Because um, that's not quite it. Like, there's more to it than, than just that. Um,
2: Maybe I and should... I think Sure. It felt like a
0: really quick, simple fix of, like, and adding a supplement to your, your daily mm-hmm. pills, and then you'll be fine. Um, okay, so they're having me do a deep breath, which is usually an indication about their last breath that they took, that there's some sort of significance that either someone was there, and that is really important and, and meaningful to them, that someone was there for their last breath, or someone wasn't there and there's regrets and there's like, oh, I should have been there. Or like, I wish I could have been there. Um, does either one of those make sense?
2: Um, for Arlene, we, we kind of considered it like a, a waking wake kind of, cause she wasn't dead yet, but she had like all of her um, relatives come and kind of, we were all, we were all there, all there. the last few minutes. Yeah. And Love my that. grandmother, my, my other grandmother, I think my, my dad was there, but he did, he was like, kind of like, it's my thing to be there.
0: So, so was she in a hospital or in a, um, a the, other one,
2: the, the sassy one was, um, okay. the polite one. So I'm just, like, I'm
0: getting a view. Was she in a hospital? Were they both in hospital beds though? Yes. Okay. Cause I'm getting like an upper view, like looking from the ceiling down on a hospital bed and there's just like a ton of people and she's like it's so funny they're looking at that body like i'm there i'm not there i'm a she's like floating around watching everything seeing everything and like she was just waiting for that body to it was like the wind-up toys she was just waiting for it to finish mm-hmm. with the wind and then to like finally sever that last little bit of connection before she she left but it was yeah
2: she and just that's thought how felt. Yeah. yeah i just cuz it was like this like oh my god she's like right here with me now and yeah.
0: She's yeah. beautiful. Um, she she is definitely so they meddle more with your your parents than they do you. Like you've got other people on the other side that are like working with you, but they're like, Oh my gosh, your parents need so much help. <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like they need so much more of their time and their attention than you and the other grandkids do and so Mm -hmm. like if you don't feel them around a whole lot it's because they're they're where they're needed not necessarily where they're wanted um did your dad butt heads with his mom yes okay um because I get the impression that like he doesn't really want her there but she's there anyway
2: well yeah because I always I'll be like I got a sign from, you know, my grandmother. I heard her call her Gigi from Gigi. Or I like I'll be like, I stopped by her grave on my way home. And he he's like, he's just like a guy that doesn't want to like get into all of the, you know, deep emotional stuff. So so yeah, he's always yeah. like, okay, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Dr. she's I, probably with him all the time.
0: Yeah. No, I get distracted by spirit all the time. We should probably come back. Um <laughs> yeah but basically what they were getting at and why they wanted to step through is to be like if we're not around like we appreciate we are there we do step in every now and then but we're not there all the time because these hot messes over here need us more (laughs) and they say hot messes with love
2: (laughs) yeah because that's one of the things and josh knows this so well that my mom's mom the very polite one i think that i just come from that generation just constant people pleasing, people pleasing, people mm-hmm. pleasing. and i'm trying to heal that so much and i see i see all of the things that my mom does that my grandmother did and i just feel like my grandmother is so proud of what i have been working on to kind of release all of that yeah that heaviness that comes with trying to please literally every person that you come across. She was a nurse and all that stuff. So i think she's trying to help my mom also let go of some of that weight so
1: oh yeah
0: for sure you're welcome I know that takes energy so I appreciate that oh it's it's um at this point in the beginning it would drain me it would exhaust me um but at this point I'm almost 12 years in it's fun it's like it's like a marathoner just doing a quick 10 meter sprint like it's yeah, it takes some energy, but it, it more jazzes me up at this point rather than draining me. So Mm. yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. So you mentioned that you could see people when you were very young. Yes. And then there was a time you put your blinders on. When did you start to let those blinders fall off?
0: Um, so, um, I grew up in a polygamist cult, here in Utah. Um, I am the youngest of 12 children. And so, um, I had a lot of, um, imaginary friends and, and things like that. And I don't ever remember anyone specifically telling me like, we don't talk about that or we don't do that. Like, I just had this understanding of like, I can't tell my parents, I can't tell my aunts and uncles that like, so-and-so is here or that this is going to happen i like it was just we don't talk about that we don't do that um and like it was very much it was of the devil like it was it was satan and conspiracy and all that stuff and so i didn't talk about it and then but as a kid it was mostly out of the corner of my eye and a knowingness um And like, again, like that imaginary friend, like you get the sense of this feeling of, oh, somebody's here in this space. Um, and then just playing pretend of like, oh, what's this person all about? Um, so my father passed when I was 11 and that, that was definitely when my blinders went on and I lived in that, that world and that focus of recreating whatever experiences I had in those past lives. Um, through all of that. And I had definitely had some major issues um, from losing my father. And I had also lost um, when I was eight, the woman who raised me and for all intents and purposes was my mother, even though she wasn't my biological mother. Um, She passed when I was eight. And so I was dealing with all of that with a mother who was very emotionally absent and physically absent. Like she was, I was raised by my sisters after that point. Um, I met my husband at 16 uh, with the intention to corrupt him because he was a very good little boy. He was focused on school and success and like going to college and all of that. And I was partying and having fun and messing around with the boys and some of the girls and and that whole world. And he helped rein me in and get me refocused on what I'm here to do in this life. And he and I both were curious to the point of obsession about anything paranormal. And so we watched all of the, you know, Ghost Hunters. We're not big fans of Ghost Ventures. Um, Zach Baggins pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Um, but like all of the other shows, like we were really, really into it. And we got married at 21. And at 22, we started trying to get pregnant. And, cause that was one thing that I'm like, I am here to be a mother. Like I felt that in my bones. But at 25, we had been trying for three years and no success, nothing, like not even a blip. And so I was really struggling. And at that point, I had done enough exploring within the spiritual world that I felt certain that multiple lifetimes, past lives were a thing. And so I'm like, okay, am I just supposed to feel this way and want to be a mother and want to care for people, but not have children of my own? or is this something that I still need to pursue? And so I couldn't find those answers myself. So I did the most logical thing I could think of. And I went and sat down with a psychic and I just Googled medium near me on, on Google and went with the person that I felt drawn to. Her name was Pam. And so I sat down with her and I put my questions to her. I was like, am I supposed to be a mom? Or am I supposed to just carry on and do my own thing with my husband and just be content in my life without uh, human children? And she's like, "Oh no, 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 honey, no. You're you're going to be a mom. Two. There's two, maybe one for sure." And I'm like, "Okay, what what's going on? You know, can you enlighten me as to what's going on? Like, when can I kind of expect this to kind of happen?" She's like, "Well, you need to be." on the right path you need to have the right tools you need to be the right kind of person in order to raise this child coming to you and i'm like okay well can you point me in a direction to like help me move in that path to become that person and she's like you know what kind of person am i supposed to be or whatever and she's like oh honey you're crazy like me Hmm. and i said bullshit (laughs) (laughs) and She called me out and she's like, you see shadows out of the corner of your eye. And I'm like, yeah. And then you like, you see a person over here and then you turn and that person's gone. I'm like, yeah, everybody does that. And she's like, no. And she's like, you can look at a person who like you can look at a picture of a person and know if that person is alive or dead. Like you can look at missing persons posters and know like if that person's going to be found or if that person is deceased and their, their remains are going to be found. I mean, like, a, a lot of people can do that. And she's like, and you know, stuff's going to happen before it happens. I'm like, this is stuff that people do, isn't it? And she's like, no, no, it's not. Um. So I, I kind of fought it at first, but Throughout the session, there were other things that she talked about. She connected with my dad and my grandfather and my brother that had passed away as well, as well as my other mother and her mother that uh, had passed away. And she knew things. And so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm maybe I'll go along with it. Maybe we'll, we'll see. And so I thought in my head, I did not say it out loud. I just thought in my head, maybe I'll just go buy a deck of tarot cards and see what happens. And as I was leaving her office, she was getting ready to close the door and she popped it back open. She's like, Oh, Hey, when you get your deck of tarot cards, bring them back to me and I'll help energetically seal them to you. So they work a little bit better. And like, you can, you can understand and bond with them better. I'm like, okay. Like I just thought that in my head and she just magically knew it. Um, so that's what I did. I went and bought a deck of tarot cards and I started doing readings for myself and like exploring the tarot within myself. And um, from the beginning, I viewed tarot and I still view tarot as a mirror to help you see the things that are often like right in front of our face that we're like, I don't know where the answer is. I, can, I don't see it anywhere, but it's like right there. Um, and so tarot reflects back the situation to us so that we can better understand it, better see it and get get more clarity. And so I was using that for a lot of self um, in that reading. Pam had also connected me to my primary guide. Um, she gave me the letter M since then he has given me his full name. Um, I don't share that with everybody. Um, so he just, he goes by M and I used the the tarot to start to connect with him and understand him now and um, started to build and develop a relationship with him and a communication style with him of, um, when he, when it was time to work, when it was time to do divination, to to connect with spirit, to work with the tarot, or whatever, I would ask him to come in close. He's always over my left shoulder and I would feel a hand, um, on my shoulder like that. And that's when I knew that, okay, M's close. He, it's time to work. And, um, he and I also developed, cause sometimes you get these like wishy washy answers and like things are not completely clear of like. Is this the best direction or is this the best direction? So, if I ask a direct question that's yes or no, if I get chills only on my left side, that's a yes. If nothing happens, it's a no. If I get like faint chills, that's a you're heading in the right direction, but you're not exactly there yet. And so, um, I was developing those kinds of skills, um, for the next year, few years. So, that was when I was 25. Um, when I turned 27 or the Hold on, hold. When I was twenty seven, I woke up um, that January in a panic of, "I need to be pregnant right now, like right now, at this moment. Like, I need to. We need to do everything. We need to jump through all the hoops. I need to be pregnant." And um, went and got assistance. The first try, bam, I was pregnant. And I turned 28 a couple minutes or a couple months after I got pregnant. Um, and that was one of the best years of my life. Like it was just like looking back, being pregnant was, was amazing. Um, connecting with this small human growing inside me was amazing. Um, now looking back, knowing human design, knowing, uh, specifically about Saturn returns, knowing my husband's human design charts and aspects, um, So human design believes that the soul enters the body three months or 88 days prior to the date of birth. And if you go back um, 88 days prior to my daughter's birth date, that is the exact date of my husband's Saturn return. And he and I are eight months apart. So mine was about the time that I conceived was my Saturn return. So our Saturn return is the big first shedding of deconditioning. That's when those blinders really start coming off. Um, and through my daughter, I knew that I was going to be the example of what a good human would be or could be. And I got a look in the mirror at myself through this tiny brand new baby's eyes, potential eyes of what she would see. I did not like what I saw at all. Um, I equate myself to Regina George from mean girls and like, Josh is like, no, like you're not Regina George. I was, I was vindictive. I was manipulative. I was gossipy and backstabbing and just vicious with certain people. I was very, very manipulative to get what I wanted. Um, I enjoy creating drama simply so that I could sit back and watch, um, to see what happened. Um, yeah. And I, I did not, I did not like who I was. And so I had this full existential crisis um, Went into one of the worst depressions of my life because I, my identity, like when you become a parent and, and Hannah, you want to keep this in mind. I tell all people who want to have human children, I warn them of this, of when you become a parent, your identity of who you were before it gets completely stripped away and you some people recreate who they were in that new shell of who they are, um, with just like an added detail here and there of being a parent. Um, but for the people who are really here to heal and to learn and to grow as souls, as humans, and all of that, they create themselves as their authentic selves, not who they are supposed to be or who other people tell them they're. they're am I making sense with that? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and so because I looked at myself and I'm like, I, I don't like who who I am. I don't like what my life is all about. I don't I don't want to be this. I do not want to be this. This feels so wrong. And so then I started thinking about, okay, who do I want to be? What do I want to be? And I kept going back to that reading with Pam of I am here to do what she did in my own unique way. And after having my daughter, that was the first time that that message sat comfortably in my heart, like in my energy of like, yes, that is that is who I'm here to be. That is what I'm here to be, is to be a guide, is to be a teacher, is to be in the middle, to be an interpreter um, and to help people discover who they are, what they're here to do, where they're going in life, all of that. And to be. Um, so I'm a projector in human design and Jenna Zoe, who's one of the big names out there with human design, she calls projectors birds in a tree because we have this view of the land. And as long as we stay in the tree and allow those animals who are lost or confused or trying to find their way to come to us, we can guide them and direct them. And so my goal now is to be the bird in the tree, to help guide people to where it is that they're going um, and who they're here to be. So, and again, going back to that reading with Pam, if I did not have the tools as a medium, if I didn't develop as a medium, as an intuitive, um, to be able to communicate and connect with spirit and, and understand them and, and all of that, I would be screwed as a parent because she was two and a half, three um, when we moved into this house and our old house, the house that she <coughs> we lived in when she was born, um, we had a roommate. I named him Jeff. I don't know if that was his actual name, but that was the name we gave him. Um, and he loved to mess with my husband. It was hilarious. Like he would not do stuff to anybody else in the house, except for my husband. Like my husband would turn a light off. He'd walk out of a room and the light would flip back on, um, Like he would, he would mess with his baseball caps. Like it was just hilarious anyway. So I was really excited to move into this house because when we did the walkthrough, it was empty. There was no spirit in this house. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is the first time I'm going to live in a house with no paranormal activity that has no spirits in it. Yeah. No, no, they just came with us. (laughs) Um, But she was, so she, she had just turned one. When we moved into the house, and then when she was about two and a half, almost three, she wouldn't go to sleep in her room, and she was crying, and she was really, really upset. And we're like, "Okay, what's wrong? What's scaring you? Can you show mommy what's scaring you?" And she's pointing up at her ceiling, and she's telling me about this scary boy. I'm like, the scary boy?" And she's like, "Yeah, he has pointy teeth and he has pointy ears." Sorry. Oh, I think some snow just fell off my roof. with uh-huh. <laughs> so the guy with like, the pointy was- ears. <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> there was just like a really big rumble and like thunk and I'm like I think it was I think it was snow falling off my roof know oh, I live up on the yeah, West yeah. bench sorry yeah um it ended up being a what I would term an elemental spirit um people might call it fae or fairy um it is a an earthbound or an earth spirit that has never been human they're not they're not high vibration, but they're not low vibration. Like they're not evil. They're not bad. They're not good. They're kind of, they're here. They're just doing what they do. Um, But he was coming specifically to teach me their language, their vibrations um, and how to communicate with them. And he, they love children. Um, And so he was, he was trying to make himself look more human and not doing a very good job of it. And so it was very, very scary. And so teaching her and empowering her of like, we treat them just like we do people with a physical body. And we explain to them like, hey, we're trying to go to bed. This is our time to sleep. This is our time to rest. This is not an appropriate time for you to come and visit with us. Can you please come back in the morning? Um She, if we are in large crowds where there's a lot of people, she gets overwhelmed. And so knowing to teach her how to bubble and how to push her energy out and back so that she doesn't get overwhelmed. Um, Yeah. If I didn't have these tools to teach her like, and understand these tools myself, I would not be able to parent her. I would be in over my head um, and really, really struggling as a parent. And so would my husband, if, if I didn't know what I know now. And so Pam saying you need to have the right tools. You need to be on the right path. She was 100% correct. Um, and my daughter is, she was the catalyst for the major points of my healing journey. So, um, so after she was born, sorry.
2: I was going to say, I have um, we have a human design friend who I introduced to Josh and I love talking to her about how she parents her her two kids yes. completely differently because they're so different. two totally different, um, design. So what design is your daughter?
0: So, um, so again, I'm a projector. My husband and my daughter are both generators. So my husband is a six, two generator with sacral authority. And my daughter is a five, one emotional authority. So she and I both have emotional authority, but I don't have that generator, drive and that generator energy. And so like communicating to her, like mommy's energy works differently. Like I don't have unlimited resources. Um, mommy needs to be mindful of when I need a rest, I need a rest, when I go, I can go. Um, and also helping her tune into that emotional authority and riding the wave. And like we started doing it with like simple things like meal selection um, asking her, you know, what do you want for breakfast to you? So my husband, I have to give him, do you want this or do you want this? Or does this sound good? Yes or no? No, that doesn't sound. Okay. Well, what about this? Where my daughter, I need to give her options. So I'll be like, okay, do you want pancakes? Do you want cereal? Do you want muffins? And she'll ride this wave, like through all of them. And it's really funny. Cause I started noticing a pattern of, she'd be like, um, she, she'd want the first thing. She'd be like, Oh, well, maybe not maybe I want this. No. And then she, but she always goes back to the first option, like that first initial thing. And so helping her also lean into it. Cause in human design, yes, you have a dominant um, authority, which is her emotional authority, but her secondary is that sacral response of yes, no, this or that. And so every time she checks in with her, how she feels about it, if there's still a yes, every single time that, that helps shorten that emotional ride Um, also understanding that she's a five one and the projection field that she lives in and exists in and being clear with her that mom and dad are not going to expect something of her that we do not think that she is, that we don't know that she is capable of, not necessarily that we think she's capable of, but we are going to do our best. And if she ever feels like she can't meet an expectation that she needs to come to us and communicate, like. I think you're asking too much, or that is asking too much, or I don't know how to do that, or I, you know, explaining that so that we aren't placing our expectations for her up here and her capabilities are down here. Um, and the five ones, the one wants to learn, wants to know, wants to have all of this knowledge, but we want to do it ourselves. And so when she is learning about something, knowing I can tell her, but it's going to go. Like it's, it's not gonna, she's not going to absorb it as much as if she finds the information herself. So giving her tools or giving her resources where she can find that knowledge and, and make those discoveries herself. Um, yeah. And also like understanding that as a projector, even as a mother, my energy is by invitation. I need to wait for an invitation. Um, if she falls down. I need to look at her and make eye contact with her and ask her, do you need me or are you okay? And if she says, yes, I need you, then I can go and like scoop her up where my husband in his generator respond energy. He sees her fall. He can go and scoop her up and comfort her immediately. Or if I don't ask if I don't have that invitation, she's going to be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. And like, Okay. Yeah. So like understanding and knowing that of that's different, but, um, so in the body graph, she has the emotional solar plexus, the splenic center, the sacral and the root defined and everything else above is undefined. So she doesn't have a defined identity. She doesn't have a defined throat. She doesn't have a defined Ajna or crown or heart. And so who she is, the direction that she's going in life, the things that she wants is constantly evolving and changing and going with the flow in that regards as a parent is really, really important. and. um my husband has a defined identity, and so that's where like he and I butt heads because he's like, "Why can't she just stick to anything?" And I'm like, "Cause we need to be flowy." <laughs> where he has that rigidity, um, he knew what he was going to do. Like he, from a very young age, he's like, "I'm going to go into tech world. I'm going to succeed in the tech world. I'm going to I'm going to do all this." Um, and so with my daughter changing her mind about what she wants to do and where she wants to be and dah, 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 every five minutes that can be frustrating for him. And so, but as for me, I'm like, that's who she is. And I do my best to try and help him understand it. But yeah. Did that answer your question? And then some, huh? um, no, I am, I am very grateful to the discovery of human design mm-hmm. to not only understand myself and my daughter and my husband, but even like, broader family dynamics. Um, I have an app that um, allows me to have like hundreds of people's charts on file. And so I have, I don't think I have all 12 of us, like there's 12 of us kids. I don't think I have all 11 siblings charts, um, but I have the majority of them. I have all my parents charts. Um, I have my, my in-laws charts. And so like understanding them and their dynamics and being like, oh, that's why so-and-so's this way is because they're a manifesting generator and their squirrel energy just shifted. Or, oh, that's why I'm always unsettled and uncomfortable because this person's a manifester. And then as soon as they start talking, that energy calms down and I'm not so unsettled. Um, Josh, do you experience that with certain people? Like when you first meet people, do you feel like... They don't know what to do with you.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And then you start talking and sharing and, and then that energy kind of shifts and goes away.
1: Yeah. I, I think I, well, I'm appreciating that you said that because I didn't know that was a thing. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was like a, well, growing up, I just thought I was uncomfortable around people I felt uncomfortable around people yeah. if it's just a, uh, and then I assigned it to me that I was just like, Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm weird. Yeah.
0: Cause you're a manifestor, correct? So the manifestor aura is the only one out of the five pipes that is constantly pushing out and away the generator aura pulls in the manifesting generator aura. Like does this push pull energy? So it's, it's back and forth the projector aura pushes in and then pulls in, um, and the, the reflector aura pushes out and kind of senses and tastes and, and feels around. So the manifestor aura is the only one that pushes out and away, And so it, it makes the rest of us, like, we don't know what to do with it. We don't, we don't know what we're feeling, what we're sensing. And so, um, When, when we're unsure and we're, we're on uneven footing and we're, we try to control the situation, AKA, we try to control you and tell you what to do and, and try to, yeah. And then you guys end up angry because people are trying to control you. And then that's where that communication, that, that, um, informing comes in. That's where your strategy comes in because as soon as you start activating, that throat chakra and start sharing and communicating and informing people of who you are, who you're not, what you're going to do, what you're not going to do all that jazz. Um, That's when it calms the rest of us down. So my, my brother-in-law, my husband's um, middle brother, he is a manifester. And I it was the same thing. I always felt a little bit uneasy until he started talking and it didn't make sense. I didn't understand that until I found human design and I pulled his chart. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And then his youngest brother is a uh projector. And like, oh my that made so much sense in understanding him of like why he's tired all the time, why because he's trying to be a generator. He's trying to keep up with everybody else's energy and he just he doesn't have it. Um and he is he's smart dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like he he's not. He's not book smart. He is not like classically intelligent, but he is so wise. He is so he's he's this little sage and he's not really little. he's you know twice my size. Um, but yeah, it's it's really fascinating fascinating to see the dynamics um, and especially how there's there's a relationship between the manifester and the projectors that I've noticed that there's a little bit more. Um, tension between the two and I'm not entirely sure why it's just something that I've observed but generators generally get along with everybody like who doesn't love a generator right Hannah how did you know <laughs> oh I think he told me
2: when oh. he popped in the door last um I just grabbed my chart because
0: I was I forgot okay. my numbers I'm a, no two,
2: I'm a two four
0: two four. so you're the easy breezy genius I don't know
2: but and you, you have the
0: dichotomy what was that? So I don't know about genius. <laughs> so, well, the two is the natural or the hermit. Mm-hmm. And so you have this, and then the four is the people, plea or not people, please, or people person or the opportunist. Um, and so it really is a dichotomy of the two being like, I'm done with people. I don't want to be around people. And the four being like people, all the people, give me all the people. I want to mm-hmm. be around the people. I want to talk to the people. I want to learn about the people. Um, yeah. Yeah but the the two is also called the natural in that you came into this body having some sort of skill having some sort of genius knowing how to do something as easily as it is breathing like you do this so easily it's you don't think it's anything special you don't think that there's anything wonderful or or meaningful in what you do, but other people like I'm sure Josh and your, your partner and your other family members, like they know what this is and they see this, they see that you can do this and they, they ask you for it. So my husband is a six too. He is MacGyver. He doesn't think there's anything special about being able to tinker and fix and like figure out parts and all of that, but it is a really handy skill. And he gets called out of his hermit hole to help people fix things, to create things, to tweak things. Um, when we started dating, my very first car, the trunk was broken. You couldn't um, you couldn't use the key to pop it open. The latch wouldn't open it. Um, like you had to climb in through the backseat and push it open. And he ended up fixing it with a broken pencil and a rubber band. <laughs> so when I say MacGyver, I mean MacGyver. Mm-hmm. And it worked until the day I sold it. So there, yeah, you have this natural talent, natural genius that are natural skill that just other people want it from you. So, and then the four, um, the people person, we, I'm also a people person. We literally need people to survive all of our opportunities, all of our big moments in life, come through our network, come through the people that we know. Um, and it's, it's, if you're getting shitty opportunities, it's cause you have a shitty network. So. Um, every time I found a job on my own, I hated it. It was mm-hmm. awful. It was not a good job. But every single job that I've gotten through my network, through the people that I know, um, the job that I, I, I worked in the medical field for 16 years and that job I got through my sister. My sister worked at the company, um, in a different department, um, for a couple of years before then. And I mostly love that job. Like there were parts of it that I'm like, I'm so done with this and, and all of that. Um, I got my, I, I worked with Andy, the owner of the conjuring tree in that job for those 16 years. Um, and so when they opened the store, they invited me to come and work there as a reader. And that has 100% been my favorite job. The like absolutely cloud nine. Every time I get to go into work, it's the best day ever. And like, that's why it's so easy to greet people the way that I greeted you, Josh, is because I am in my element. I genuinely love what I do. And everybody that is in that space genuinely loves doing what we do and being in that space. And we love helping people explore that world. Um, yeah. So, and fours, we don't want surface conversations, we don't want surface relationships. We want deep, meaningful relationships with people where we can usually be influential to the other person. We don't want to be influenced. Don't, don't try to influence me. I want to influence, like we're influencers. Um, I don't know if you do this, but I do it. If um, I go to a, a coffee shop or a restaurant enough that people know me and they like know my order, I can never go back. <laughs> <laughs> Because it enters a a dimension of that surface relationship. Like I can't get to like, I can have a surface, surface relationship, but there, there, it becomes a certain limit to that relationship where I can't go any deeper with those individuals. And it's so uncomfortable for me to be. And so then I have to find a new coffee shop to go to. Well, I was telling
2: Josh this week, I had this friend who I was trying so hard to we went on a walk and I was like look at even though all these plants are dying like look how beautiful like this whatever it was and I'm like look at this moss and she's like I have no interest in these things and I'm like yes you do I'm like you have to be interested in these and like this is nature this is a part of
0: you this is beautiful this is the trying world to, we live
2: in yeah, so like trying to influence her so much to just be in awe of our own you know backyard yeah. and then she was trying to say you know what I need to give me a lesson and I was just like "Uh uh-uh like
0: no I would not be surprised if both of you are fours like you both have fours in your profiles. yeah probably (laughs) yeah that
2: would make so much sense yeah
0: yeah no I again I love I love human design I love exploring it and discovering it and and um so my My chart, I only, so there's nine centers, AKA chakras in the body graph. And the ones that you have color in is where you have defined consistent energy and you are yourself. And the ones that are white are where we take on other people's energy so that we can experience life in their flavor, in their different ways. And I have seven chakras, seven centers that are white. So I am very open to the energy of other people. And so when I discovered human design and I discovered, oh my gosh, these are all the different ways. These are all the different areas that I've been taking on other people's energy and being conditioned by other people. Um, it made a lot of sense. Um, and it made the, the work a lot easier and it made releasing the conditioning and other people's stuff a little bit easier. Um, And it, again, it gave me permission to be who I thought I was. So the majority of the world are generators. There's 70% of the world that are either generators or manifesting generators. And so us manifestors and projectors and reflectors, we try to be generators. And so when I got my human design chart and I saw, oh my gosh, I have been trying to be a generator. I've been trying to respond to life and to go out and do all the things and keep up with all of them and, and, um, build and create and, and all of that, it was so like, oh, like relieving to be like, oh, I'm not a generator. I am not here to, to build empires. I am here to help those who are building empires, tweak those empires to make them better. I am here to be a teacher. I'm here to be a guide. And it just, it removes so much weight off of my being. Um, and then also understanding that I'm not here to guide and teach every single person that comes to me along the way was another moment of like, Oh, thank goodness. Like that was getting overwhelming thinking that every single person that came asking for help, I was meant to help. No, I'm not. I'm allowed to say no of like this energy doesn't feel right. Um, I just had to fire a client a little bit ago because she, she always comes to me in crisis. And when you're in crisis, you can't hear the message that you need to hear in the way that you need to hear it for it to actually resonate, to actually make a difference and to make an impact. Um, and she, she would not listen to that. Like you need to calm the fuck fruit down. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can swear. Sorry. Um, you need to calm down before you make an appointment with me. You like need to come to an emotionally neutral zone and all of that. And I could see in my, you have emotional authority or sacral authority. Me? Yeah. Um because you did mention that you were a people pleaser. Um this emotional generator. So is that is okay, that a- emotional authority? Yeah. So your authority is your body's way of communicating what is energetically right for you and what is not. And generators in general are people pleasers. Um, but more so emotional. Because when we're emotional, we're picking up the energy and the emotions of the other person, the person requesting. So we want to answer however they want us to answer. So if someone's coming and asking for our help, they want us to say yes. So in their energy, we want to say yes to them. And then that person leaves and we go, why did I agree to that? I don't want to do that. And so it is, it is riding that emotional wave of, you know, we're at the high and we're like, oh my gosh, yes, I want to do this. And then we go to the low of like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then we go back and forth and back and forth. And it's really, it's not a good idea for us to give an answer until we are in a calm, neutral zone outside of that person's energy. And then we can, um, give a clear answer. And the longer we can go without making, or the longer we can go before making a decision, the better. Mm Um, I've learned that this year
2: yeah after, after learning my design because I I would by myself all the time being like going to an event like why did I say yes to this and so it's hard to implement but once I have I don't say yes to, I always say well yeah. let, let me keep, let me check it's, it's as easy as that even yeah. though it's hard at the at first but it is yeah. like let me just feel into it
0: Well, as a generator, you instinctively know that you are here to bring joy and to uplift and bring forward momentum to the world and the people around you. And so like, it's, it's second nature to do what you can to make the people around you happy, but you don't really, like nobody realizes that the way that you make other people happy is by making yourself happy first, because if you are not doing the things that light you up, if you are not engaging with that sacral energy of the things that bring you joy you start sucking the energy in the life around out of the people around you and it it backfires. Mm-hmm. If you're saying yes to somebody because you want to make them happy, it ends up backfiring and not making them happy, making them, you know, drained of energy. And then you're drained. Um so yeah, I feel like that's really important to say to you specifically and maybe some other people that are listening of like, make yourself bring, do the things that bring you joy and you are going to then radiate that out for everybody around you to then pick up. Um, my husband, if he comes home from work and he's been doing all the things that he doesn't want to do, which is usually meetings, he hates meetings. So if he's had a day full of meetings. He'll come home and I will have like a good amount of energy. He'll walk in the door and I will be exhausted. I will be just done and wanting to go to want to go right to bed. Um, but if he's been doing things that he loves and he's like fixing and tweaking things and, um, creating new systems and all that stuff and he comes home jazz. I then become the energizer bunny and I'm zipping around and do, 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 doing all the things. Um, cause he's radiating that energy out to me and I love it. Yeah. Um,
1: I am. I want to, can we chat a little bit more about the medium ship? Yeah. Um, so you said you're a physical medium
0: physical. Yes.
1: What are the so, other talk, talk about the physical and then what are the other ways okay. that that shows up?
0: So they're, um, they're called the clairs, um, is is what most people, so clairaudient, clairsentient, claircognizant, clairgustance, clairalience, um, and basically they're tapping into our senses. Um, so I am clairsentient, is clear feeling, I feel in my body. Um, I also have some claircognizance. So for, we all have a dominant clair, we all have a dominant way that spirit communicates with us, and for some people, they'll randomly smell things that like they'll smell coffee when they don't drink coffee in their house or they'll smell cigarettes and nobody smokes, um, or they'll get a perfume or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there are people that are clear audience that will hear things. They will hear voices. They will hear, you know, someone calling their name, things like that. Um, so for me, I discovered that I was clairsentient when I went to a development class, at um crone's hollow which is another metaphysical witchy store here in utah and um jennifer martin who's one of our psychics at the conjuring tree now she was working out of there um, at the time and so she was hosting this class and it 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 was called what's your claire and her and another gal who's moved out of state handed around an object um, and then a, a photograph And we were all meant to spend time with each of these, either the photo or the object, um, and tune in to any physical changes. If we got pictures in our mind, if we um, got words or just like an understanding, like something popped into our knowing, if we got tastes or smells, any of that stuff. Um, When I got the photo, I'm looking at the photo and I just knew it had said what, everything that it needed to say, there was no information that it could give me that wasn't going to come out of the mouth of anybody else. And so I just passed that on. And then I got the charm. And as soon as I, the charm hit my palm, I immediately felt this push on my chest and I felt like I was breathing in particles of something. And so I'm like, huh, I wonder if this person who owns this object, I wonder if they have asthma. Um, Anyway, so then everyone went around sharing the information that they got. And so I shared, you know, I got this, this pressure on my chest and then I felt like I was breathing in particles. You know, does does this person have asthma? And she's like, no, but I know I will explain. Um, So then when everybody had a turn to share, she then explained um, that the charm would hang from her rearview mirror in her car. And one day when she was driving on the freeway, a mattress flew off of somebody's vehicle, landed on her front hood, which then threw the airbags out and hit her in the chest. And she vividly remembered breathing in the particles from the airbag, like that dust that comes from the airbag. Um, And so that was where I learned, oh, I'm a physical medium. And then that was right about the time that Teresa Caputo came onto the scene. And, um, she's a physical medium. So she's the long Island medium. And so when I'm like, Oh, I'm a physical medium. Okay. I'm going to start paying attention to physiological changes that happen to me when I'm, when my spidey senses are tingling or when I'm in a reading. And so the very first reading that I did, um, in a mediumship capacity, it was very similar to today where I needed to change my outfit, like 10 different times, Um, my makeup was never good enough. Um, I didn't have time to like do my hair, um, cause parenting. And I just, I was really, really upset and like frustrated that I, I couldn't like curl my hair or make it really fancy or anything like that. Um, so then when my client got there, I expected them to be dressed to the nines and be put together and she walks in the door and yoga pants and a holy t-shirt. And I'm like, okay, then whose energy was I picking up? Um, and it turned out to be her grandmother. Um, and I don't remember all of the other, I have, um, I call it reader amnesia because it's not my stuff. It's not mine to carry. And remember, it's not my circus. It's not my monkeys. So I will remember that I did a reading with someone and I might remember like bits and pieces of it. Um, and as I start to talk to someone, more information might come back. Um, but a lot of times, like as soon as that person walks out the door, everything that happened in the reading will go with them or it will in a couple of days. Um, but it was, Oh, there was also something about peacocks. Um, I kept seeing something about peacocks and when she would go to visit her grandparents, there were peacocks that lived in the neighborhood. And so all of their barbecues and things like that were, you know, you'd have the peacocks making their, their calls in the background. Um, So then over time, so you have a dominant Claire, and then over time you can develop just by practicing the other ones. And so that was where I was like, okay, the physical stuff is really helpful, but it would also be helpful if I could get like words or pictures or knowledge. And so then I started doing workshops and other um, classes or courses in uh, intuitive development with different uh, people and places around the Valley here in, in Utah. Um, I did one specifically for for images to have spirit show you an image in your mind and then to describe that. And so, like when I saw the butterflies, I'm like, oh, if that's not a literal moment, okay, what is it, what is the symbology or what does the butterfly mean to me? Or as I'm describing this person, what does the butterfly mean to me for this person? Um, and things like that. Um the clear cognizance is clear knowing it is knowing information without knowing why you know that information. And a lot of people who have a defined splenic center in their human design chart. um, If you have a defined splenic center, you will get a lot of that clear cognizance of, I know without knowing why I know um, information. And that one always pops in and fun, interesting Inconvenient moments of like, I know this is going to happen. I probably can't tell anybody that I know that this is going to happen. Um, in 2019, um, my husband's grandmother, we were down in Beaver where they lived for Christmas. And when I hugged her goodbye and we were heading back to Salt Lake, um, As I was hugging her, I had the claircognizance knowledge of that was the last time I was going to hug her. That was the last time I was going to see her in her physical body. And uh, January, 2020, January 3rd, we got the call that she had fallen. And I I tapped in with M. I'm like, okay, is this when she's going? And I got, yep. Get your duck, like get things together, get your ducks in a row. And that morning before I had left for work, I was like, oh. I need to do the laundry. Like I feel stressed. I need to do the laundry. I need to do the, and like I was grabbing clothes when we were heading down to Beaver. Cause I didn't do the laundry. I didn't listen to that clear cognizance of I need to do the laundry. And so I was gra- grabbing clothes like from the back of my closet Um, and ended up forgetting stuff because I didn't do the laundry. And so when we were dealing with all of that initial stuff, my, my daughter was wearing pants that were way too small for her and et cetera, like all the stuff, it was, um, so listening to that, that irrational of like, this is weird. Why do I need to do this thing? This doesn't make sense. Um, information is really important because it is coming from spirit. They're trying to give us a heads up of stuff's going to happen and you need to be prepared for it. And doing these things that feel weird and don't make sense is going to help you prepare for dealing with this thing of what's, what's coming. Um, so we did not make it in time um, to say goodbye to her. Um, she passed when we were like halfway to beaver. Um, it's a three and a half hour drive from the Valley. And, but she showed me one of the most beautiful and amazing things. And so throughout the years, another, one of the things that I was doing was developing the third eye, um, working with the, the traditional Hindu chakras, um, and developing the third eye, the third eye is where we get those inner visions that, you know, you say picture an apple, you see a picture of an apple in, in your mind's eye. Um, and so when we got to the house in in Beaver, I asked Bonnie, you know, can you show me where you are in the house? And I fully expected to get a mental picture of her non-physical being standing you know, next to her husband or sitting in her chair or sitting on the couch, you know, somewhere I I expected that. And instead, um, have you guys seen the movie hook that was in the late nineties? Um, so there's a scene in the movie hook where Tinkerbell is coming through the window and she has this halo of light around her. And then she's that little, little star of light. So I saw one of these, um, lights with the halo around it. I saw one of those next to every single person's left shoulder that was in that house. And there was probably, um, to 25 people and they, every single one of them. And then I had this, just knowing this knowledge of, she has split herself into all of these different pieces to go and be with everybody in this space. And then I like, I put my stuff down and I, um, breathwork, right? So super important. And then like, I had to ground myself and breath work is, is one of the best ways that I found to, to ground. And so I put my stuff down before I went and like hugged everybody. And I still had this mental picture and I grounded. And as soon as I exhaled, I got a mental image of looking up over the city of Beaver and seeing all of these little lights all over, just sprinkled all over the town. And then I went up even higher over the entire s- state of Utah and just more of them all over the place. Just with all of the, pe- she had split herself into thousands of pieces so that she could go and be with absolutely everybody that she meant something to, or they meant something to her. Um, And there were some of them like even out of state and just all over the place. And, it it's, it renders me speechless in some because I, I can't explain how beautiful that was and how amazing that was and she was the first person that i was close to that passed after i had fully opened the door to being a medium to fully going into that world and that was part of her role and our, our karmic tie with each other was she was going to show me these, some of these things and she is still showing me some of these things Um, a lot of people who have mediumship abilities will lose a lot of loved ones throughout their lives, whether they're direct family members or friends or et cetera. Um, because each of these individuals that passes is training them or showing them something about death and dying about the other side, about their abilities, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And I love, this isn't my like favorite part to tell the story of of her passing. Um, Her name was Bonnie. So after or at Bonnie's funeral, when we're graveside, um, it is freezing cold. Everybody is just bundled up in their coats and um, we're all at the cemetery and she's, she's in this beautiful spot, gorgeous mountain view. Um, And Beaver is a very rural town and the bishop or the the person who was overseeing like the prayers and all of that stuff they had finished. And we were all just kind of mingling and chatting and, you know, all the family. And I kind of, um, I had turned my head a little bit and I was kind of looking up a little bit and I noticed something in the sky out of the corner of my eye. And I look up and there's, I just saw one, but apparently there were two bald eagles circling over her grave just going in circles and I ran over to my husband as quick as my heels would let me. And I like, look, look. And he grabs his, he like, everybody was just looking up and we just watched. I just saw the one Eagle, but other people saw two, but we just watched them circle and get higher and higher and higher into the clouds until they just completely disappeared. Um, and to me, that was Bonnie. That was Bonnie's way of being like, bye. I'm out. I'm done. And so when we went back to the house, I tuned in again. And when I'm connecting with someone who has crossed over, so like Hannah, your, your grandmother, when I was connecting to them. Um, They kind of hover off of the ground, like their energy feels a little bit higher up um, than the earthbound, like earthbound spirits, like they're on the same dimension, on the same plane as we are. And so I expected to see, or feel Bonnie on this kind of elevated space energetically. And instead I, I did feel that I did feel some of that, but there was also one light left and I still see this light and it's next to her husband. Um. So I saw the light and I immediately heard, I ain't leaving this dumbass until he's ready to go with me. Like I heard that clear as day in my ear and just laughing because <laughs> it was that, that was her to be like, he needs me. Like I can't leave him. Um, so he has since moved house, um, since her passing, my husband and I later that year were able to help him. Um, we were all, all of the family were able to help him move into, to buy a house and move into a house. And she went with him. We see her shadow. We see her energy, feel her energy in that new house. She's not at the old house. She, she went with him. Um, and she that bit of her is not crossing over until they go together. They were married for 53 years. So another, yeah, it was it was a beautiful moment. So and that was another moment where I was able to sit back and reflect on how I went from just feeling sensations to experiencing even more. And there are certain individuals that um they will get that uh I'm having I'm blanking on what the term is for inner sight. Um, It'll come to me eventually. Um,
2: Clairvoyance, or is that like
0: yes, clairvoyance? Thank you. Um, Yeah, the clairvoyance um, where people will—it's with their physical eye, where it's—it's still a version of clairvoyance because it's clear seeing, but it's with their physical eyes, and so instead of being drawn to or seeing an image or a picture, they will be drawn to or they will see the same animal everywhere they go like, and it it doesn't have to be the actual animal. It could be, um, uh, like a statue or a picture or a painting or, you know, some, a graphic on somebody's t-shirt. Um, when I'm doing readings at the conjuring tree, they have this gorgeous painting of a waterfall with a rainbow and trees. And, um, sometimes I'll be doing a reading in there and spirit will guide me to, the murky parts of the water and water to me always signifies our emotions, and if someone's having murky emotions, their their emotions are jumbled, they're unclear, they're like you know. So I pay attention also to the outer stuff, and so like the eagles were a a clairvoyance that everybody could see because that's like in your face, right? Um, so her passing was definitely a milestone um, in those developments. So now when I sit down to do a mediumship reading, it's not just the clairsentience. It's I have all of those tools. If I taste or if I smell something, it's more of like the memory of tasting that thing or the memory of smelling that thing. Um, It's very rare that I actually smell something. And it's it's um, when I do, it's like my grandfather. showing. I don't drink coffee like I drink coffee, but I don't make coffee in my house. And he'll come in with the smell of coffee um yeah things like that does that answer your your kind of questions i think i went over and above
1: so as you made the decision to step into this
0: mm-hmm.
1: knowing like pam said you're crazy like me like there there is that do i still fit in to society like was there fear there was there oh yeah can you talk a little oh, bit about that and and that decision um, jump in
0: it was a gradual step-by-step person by person um so I got the tarot cards and at at 25 and for those first years I was just doing readings for myself for maybe like a year or so and then I started doing readings for other family members and as I would do a reading for that like I would come out and like sh- like wave my freak flag a little bit for those individuals. Um, and I'm not. It, it, I think it was around the time. That my daughter was born. Um, my give a damn broke. Mm. I, I genuinely got to a point. Where I did not care. Anymore. What other people thought of me. Or what how other people felt. About what I did. Um, if they didn't like it that's that's on them um and to be your true authentic self and and to live the life and the existence that you are here to live that's your give a damn about what other people think has to break like it, it has to or you're not going to be able to be who and what you are um there and there was a moment and i remember this like very clearly and specifically and this memory actually came to me last night Um, so my oldest brother, he, uh, his name's Dean. He's named after my father. He is still very, he left the polygamist church when he was younger. Um, but he has remained part of the mainstream LDS church, AKA Mormons. Um, and a few years back, um, I don't like hosting parties and get togethers and, and things like that, but I will if I have to. And I think I was hosting Thanksgiving. It was either Thanksgiving or Christmas for my my family. And so everybody was over and my other sister-in-law had brought her nieces along with her because their parents were out of town or something and they were teenagers and My, my sister-in-law had told them what I do and they were asking questions about it. And so I was answering their questions and my brother was standing close by ish and he was talking with somebody else. And when I finished talking with the girls, he like pulled me aside and he's like, I don't know if it's a good idea to talk to people about that kind of stuff. And like trying to shame me Mm. into not doing what I do and being who I am. And I said, why? Why? why, why shouldn't I? And he's like, well, people might think that's you know, bad or evil or wrong. I'm like, then that's their belief. Then that's, that's them. Like I, it was genuinely. And like, that was a moment where I'm like, I do not care what other people think about me. Like I, and I am, I know that I am a villain in some people's stories and that's okay. And I'm comfortable with that because that's what I I'm here to do for them is to be their villain. Um, Just like there are certain people that are villains in my story. Um, But projectors are also the new leaders of the world. We are here to set an example. We are here to set a tone. We are here to lead by doing. And how can I expect other people to love and accept and own who they are. If I don't set that example first, how can I <clears throat> expect that and and not expect it, but encourage it in my daughter to embody fully who she is, her capabilities, her talents, her geniuses, her skills, um, her crazy moments, all of that. Um, Cause she does have abilities. Um, and that was something like after, after the little elf boy had come, um, after in 2020, she started seeing our dead relatives. They started coming to her at night and trying to communicate with her, which is really, really common with intuitives and mediums. Um, is we will get spirit activity when we are in a quiet, receptive space, which for most of us doesn't happen until we're trying to go to sleep, right? Um, and so I want her. I don't want her to be afraid of that. I want her to use her gifts, whether she does it in a professional capacity, the way that I do it, or it is just a tool for her to navigate her day-to-day life. Um, so there's, there's five of us. So the, the dynamic of our, of my siblings is, um, it went boy, girl, five boys, five girls, and the five of us girls, are really, really close. Like we we do a lot of things together. Um, on Wednesday, we do pie night, the night before Thanksgiving. We all get together. We all make pies. And it is just us girls. We've included our daughters, but the sons are not allowed. The husbands are not allowed. Boys have to leave. And it's, it's just us time. And we joke that we all have like a title or like a label as a different sister. So like Beth is the mother sister. Like she is, she's the oldest. She is the one that mothered all of us. She's the one that took care and guided us. And like, that's, that's her role. Miriam is the business sister. She is the therapist. She is like, that's her, her title. Um, Alice is the pretty one. She's the model. She was a model for many, many years and she's the perfect one. Um, I felt so vindicated and validated when I found out that she, hires cleaners occasionally to come in and clean her house because I'm like, how is your house always perfect? Like she has two sons, she fosters cats as well. Like her husband works um crazy, crazy hours and travels all the time. And so she's like handling all this own. I'm like, how is everything so perfect and so pristine? Because she asks for help, but then she claims that it's but she's the perfect sister. Mm-hmm. Um Sarah, who's just older than me, she's the wild party crazy, she's the fun one. Um she might also term herself like the black sheep because she just, her energy just vibes a little bit different just because of who she is. Um, and then me, I'm the crazy one. I'm the one that hears voices and Fox did it. I'm the crazy sister. And when I tell people like, yeah, I'm crazy. And they're like, no, 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 you're not. I'm like, no, I love that about me. I own that about me a hundred years ago. I would be institutionalized and that's fine because I don't live then. I live now. Um, yeah. So it it was, it was a slow process to start, but the more you stop caring what other people think, the easier it gets and the more fun you have. Like, cause you just get to be you. And honestly, that voice still creeps in because spirits got to test this. They've got to be like, did, did you did you fix all of that did you heal all of that because again healing is that that spiral will we'll come back to things over and over and over again so we have kind of peel back all of the layers to the thing and it it still pops up but the majority of the time I'm like what am i doing why do i why do i care yeah as long as i like me and i respect me and i know that i am coming from a heart centered space and i my int- intentions are the best and even though my intentions might be the best and they still didn't hit great and i'm doing what i can to um atone or make up for whatever then that i'm good when i'm happy with myself i
2: have one quick question yeah um, i love watching paranormal paranormal shows also um i want to know your favorite one because i just watched have you ever heard oh. of selena, uh-huh. selena spooky boo on Instagram? yes i've been watching yes i can only do stuff.
0: so much of her Cause she like, she has really big energy and I get to a point where I'm like, I need a break. Mm -hmm. And then I can come back to her later. Um, yeah. So my, the shows that I watch are ghost hunters, um, and anybody that has anything to do with the taps crew, I love them and adore them. So there's also a show called kindred spirits. Um, my husband and I recently started, uh, diving into Jack Osborne's shows, Um, I can't remember I think there's Drag Me to Hell something like that Um, and then there's another one that he just started um, that we watch and then um, The Dead Files have you ever watched The Dead Files Um, that one is really fascinating because you have um, so it started with Amy Allen is a medium and she would go to a house, a store, like whatever building that has this paranormal activity happening in it. And she does a walkthrough and she talks to all the dead people and she has some sketches drawn of the things that she sees or the people that she sees, things she experiences. And her ex-husband walks around with a little mini camera filming her. And then there's the camera crew behind him. Um, And he goes in before and covers everything. So like pictures, anything that could give away, Like, if there's children that live in the home, he covers the toys, like, all of that stuff. So there's very little um, that she can get information off of. And then I know that this isn't how it works when they do shooting. And, like, the way they set it up is that she goes the night before, and then the next morning, um, this guy, Steve DeShave, who is a retired New York City detective, goes into the home and interviews all of the people who have experienced paranormal, paranormal activity in the house are experiencing things. And then he goes and researches the history of the house, the property, the building, all of that. He looks into um, traumatizing events that have happened if, like, they were battlefields nearby, if there's cemeteries, if there's murders, um, mass casualties for some reason, all of that. And then they get together and they go through and they share the information. Like, she shares what she picked up. And then Steve has, well, I have evidence to back up this claim. Or she'll be like, I met this dead person. And he goes, oh, it sounds like you're talking about this person that I discovered in my research. And da, 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 da.
1: Um,
0: It's really fascinating. um, And I learned a lot about more of the more negative energies that are out there. Like there are a lot of things that people will label as demonic or devil or, you know, something like that, something from hell. And it's really not as like they're out there, but they're not as common as people think they are. Most of the time when people are dealing with negative energies, it is some asshole in life who is now an asshole in death and enjoyed causing harm when they were alive and continues to enjoy causing harm in death. Um, and there are some souls that can energetically be corrupted by their hate and anger and fear and, and all of those things um, to become even worse after death. So that show is, is really, really amazing. Amy had to step back for her health from doing this show. So there's a new psychic Cindy, something i can't remember her last name um i didn't like her at first but she's growing on me so that's a really fascinating show if if it's a little spookier i will say then then um ghost hunters and and ghost adventer- adventures and things like that um i was really into tyler henry and his show uh, as well as teresa caputo and her show um and kind of moved away from those so to me, these shows, these experiences, um, things like that were, um, I call them puzzle piece holders. So they're people where you're, you're acquiring knowledge, you're acquiring understanding. Um, and you meet somebody that has this piece of piece of the puzzle that has this little bit of information. So like being on this podcast, I am seeing myself as a puzzle piece holder for someone who's listening, or even maybe for, for either one of you to be like, Oh, here's this piece of information that helps you make more sense out of the puzzle of your life that you're creating. Um, so that's the way that I saw those shows so as soon as I learned what I needed to from the mediumship shows, I kind of stepped away except for dead files because it's still just fascinating to me. Um, and it's really fun to like watch a show and be like, intuitively as a medium it feels like this energy is going on in this space and then have somebody talk about it on the show and be like hey hey, (laughs) i I get i get a gold star (laughs) um yeah um but like podcasts and things like that i mostly just i listen to shows like yours um i haven't listened to any of your guys's because i didn't want to be um i didn't want to have any um preconceived notions um but uh and then i listen to like true crime and stuff so which is also another fascinating thing of understanding people and humanity and, and all that mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah um i know that like gaia there's that channel it's a very spiritual channel um Spirituality can be addicting, and so I do stay away from that stuff because we are humans. We are we are spirits having a human ex- experience and all that. Um, and I try to place the emphasis on the human experience. I'm here to be a human. I'm going to experience it and focus on doing what I need to do here in life, rather than who I was in my past lifetimes. Or what's going to happen after I leave this body, if that makes sense.
1: We like to give our guest the opportunity, if they had a message to the world, what would you share in this moment?
0: And I actually wrote that down before we started. Your life is about you, understanding you and yourself, who you are, what you're about, bringing joy and creation to the world in your way. That is what we are here for. That is the big message that ha- that comes in 98% of my readings is you are here to be and to do you, not what other people think you should be, not what other, it is who you feel, who intuitively you feel drawn to being, who you feel, what you feel drawn to, to being, doing, experiencing Your life is about you at the end of the day, at the root, at the base of all of this, it is, it is about you. And it's okay to be selfish in that capacity and be like, I am here to do me.
2: What a great episode. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, Let us know what you took from that. Leave some comments, share with a friend who also might resonate with the story, Um, subscribe like all those things so that we can spread the word about our podcast and so all of our beautiful stories that we get to hear from our amazing guests get to be shared around the world we appreciate you as a listener and we'll see you next time thank you
1: Thank you for listening to the Deeper Awareness Podcast, where the journey of self-discovery and inner growth continues to unfold. We hope this episode has ignited a spark within you and inspired you to embrace a more conscious and authentic existence by looking within. If you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes where we'll continue to explore the transformative power of breathwork and emotional healing continue the conversation and stay connected with us on Instagram. Follow at Deeper Awareness Podcast to receive daily inspiration, valuable tips, and updates on our latest episodes and offerings. We'd love to hear your thoughts and insights from today's show, so feel free to share them in the comments below or tag us in your posts. Your engagement and feedback mean the world to us as we strive to continue to create content that resonates and empowers our incredible community. Together, we can continue exploring the depths of consciousness, fostering genuine connections, and supporting each other on our transformative journeys. This episode is brought to you by You Belong Breathwork, your destination for transformative healing and self-discovery. At You Belong Breathwork, we believe in the power of breath to unlock the deepest parts of ourselves leading to profound insights and a greater sense of connection and belonging. Whether you're seeking emotional healing, a deeper connection with yourself, or a path to authenticity, our breathwork sessions, retreats, and coaching programs are designed to guide you on this transformative journey. Our experienced facilitators are here to hold space for you as you explore the depths of your consciousness and discover the infinite potential within Visit youbelongbreathwork.com to explore our offerings and download a free guided breathwork session. Thank you for being a part of our deeper awareness community. Stay connected, stay curious, and may you embrace your true essence with love and compassion. Goodbye for now and see you in the next episode.